Welcome to Scrolling, episode <laughs> 107. I'm Ket. Joining me as always, Davia Starjumper. Energized. Energized. Feeling good. How many white monsters did you have today? Uh, I didn't have any today. I'm actually out. Zero. I usually oh. buy the uh, 48 pack, and I'm actually out at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> You drank all 48 of them since drink, yesterday. Drank 48 of those, and I'm out right now. You gotta, you gotta get them at one of the, uh, the big, you know, you gotta get the, the large quantity stores to get the forty-eight pack. They uh-huh. don't, they don't Costco, sell that. The Sam's Club, Sam's Club, Costco. They don't sell those at your regular Walmart grocery stores to get the forty-eight pack. So you didn't have one today. Did you have an alternative source of caffeination or just coffee or? Well, I usually do. It's <laughs> gonna be bad. So I usually do about three to five cups of coffee in the morning. That's my eight to noon. In the morning. I was expecting you to say a day. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my God. Three to <laughs> <laughs> that's not, so that's in addition to the usual white monsters yeah. that you normally have. So okay. I've got okay. a strict I've got a strict rule. <laughs> Three to five cups of coffee, that's that's before noon. As soon as noon hits, I switch to the white monitor mon- white uh, monster energy drinks. Can't have coffee after noon. Yeah, that's ludicrous. You know, so <laughs> afternoon is the energy drinks. That's when I make the switch. Uh, so you can always tell okay. if you're in a, if you're in an afternoon meeting with me. You know, so like five or six months. of those until bedtime. You know, usually, <laughs> you know, usually if like if it's a four or five cup of coffee day, that second white monster, I get a little, I get a little jittery. You know, that's yeah, okay. things get a little wiry. So that's you know, I'll keep it. Uh, so one maybe two. One maybe two energy drinks. And then the I got a Keurig right on my desk at this point for coffee. Just okay. Just pour the coffee's not the worst thing you can drink, (laughs) honestly. I mean, you know, too much caffeine can't be a good thing, but it's just bean juice, you know. Yeah, and I just I just drink my coffee straight black. Don't add anything to it. Just straight black coffee. I do a little half and half in mine, but that's it. Um, public test server <laughs> version 9.1.2. <laughs> there we go. And uh, 9.1.3. This is weeks three and four of the public test server for the upcoming uh, update 39. Still no names, the, right? There's U39. No, there's no name. U39 is the name because there, there's no content. There's nothing to give a name to. That's true. That's true. So um, we're talking about weeks three and four of, um, of the balance changes that are in these PTS patch notes. Um, the one and only class change, of course, is for the Nightblade. It's their Veiled Strike ability. That's the class uh, melee spammable. Surprise attack, the, uh, the Stamina Morph. They reduce the cooldown of the guaranteed crit to three seconds instead of four seconds. Uh, so it's guaranteed to crit one out of, like if you're spamming it back to back to back, it's guaranteed to crit one out of every three casts. The rest of the time it still can crit, right? Mm. Um, seems okay for, for PvE purposes. And then con- the Concealed Weapon Morph, the Magicka Morph, now grants Major Berserk for 10 seconds rather than a unique 10% damage buff. So Major Berserk still 10%, so it amounts to the same. Um, I don't think most Nightblades get major berserk like they, they're be. not really using it in their in their build i mean i know some of them might be yeah but i think for the most part this is not going to be like anything that most nightblades notice we'll, t- we'll talk about this later on but i actually i, I know my nightblade stuff now i know i know what we're talking about oh yeah these, yeah davius is a nightblade now, well hold Ch- on a changing hold mains. on wait just <laughs> i saw that minute. i saw that look in your eye last night i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you were playing some Nightblade. Was last night the very first time you were jumping into BGs with a with a Nightblade? Last night is the first. Yes, that's the first true actual BGs. The only other BGs I've been in and actually played that character was I was I immediately switched to uh, Werewolf. So, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah uh, I know you've played that dude as a Werewolf before, but so yeah, yesterday was the first time you were actually like. Like okay, how does a night blade work? What are these? What are these? Do? What do these abilities do? Yeah, first time. Had a ever. pretty nice little uh, one bar build going that we'll talk about later. But yeah, yeah, you were having a good time, dude. I was having a good time watching you too. <laughs> it's working out. Night blade is fun. They really, really are. It's just like, especially like you've been playing so long and you're just now 
exploring that class, seeing yeah. how incredibly powerful they are. It's just like mind blowing. Like, what, wow. What's this wow. Arcanist thing everybody's talking about? I'm seeing this, this Nightblade yeah. class. Yeah. It is hilarious, though, just to see how easy it is to do so much damage with Man. just like a couple abilities. Man, it is. It's wild. So if, uh, if anyone from the Zoss development team is listening, guys, Necromancer. Okay, mm. pay attention to the Necromancer class. Stop, stop paying attention to Nightblades, all right? Like, whether we're buffing them or nerfing them or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, Nightblades are great. They're excellent. Let's leave them alone for a while. Let's pay attention to Necromancers, maybe Templars, anyone but Nightblades. Like, it's enough. It's enough. The Necro, <laughs> oh my goodness. The Necro character, you know, it's, um, they just, they don't even know if they want that character in the game anymore. You know, it's just free agent, really. Whoever is yeah. representing the Necromancers, they haven't been to the last couple of meetings. Yeah. I, I mean, we know like their time will come eventually, but man, it's just it's been too long. They've just been languishing for so long. Now Sam is posting a screenshot of him on his Necromancer, sixteen and two in a BG. That was a death match. Uh, I would yeah, just that's argue like, that's a that's a strong player on their main on their main character. You know, that's and a, and if he, if Uncle Sam played that match with any one of his other characters, it would have been thirty two and two. So. You yeah, know, how take, would that have gone on a... <laughs> take, take that as you will. You know what, though? Kudos, kudos to Uncle Sam. He's, he's out there. He, if you ever see a Necro in a BG and you're like, whoa, look at this. It's probably Uncle Sam. You know, he's still, It's very likely Uncle Sam. <laughs> it's still... 50% chance, probably. Uncle Sam's out there, so... Um... The Destruction Staff Ancient Knowledge passive is getting some uh, further adjustments, and uh, they say, again, this is based on player feedback. Uh, so the Inferno Staff version of this passive, again, this is the one that currently gives you uh, 10% increase to single target damage. Week 1 of PTS, they changed that so that it adds 500 damage to your status effects instead. It no longer does that, so as of week 3, it now adds 12% to your damage over time abilities. Um, and then week 4, just yesterday, they added status effects to that as well. So 12% damage to status effects and damage over time for Fire Staff. I feel like they really won you over on this one. You're excited about this one. Yeah, week 3, I was thinking it seemed pretty weak when it was just dots and nothing else. But then week 4, they tacked status effects in there, and now I'm interested. Now that seems now pretty juicy. Now they've got... Now you've, you've piqued your interest. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious if the poison and burning statuses double dip, if, if those get a 24% increase, because those are damage over time and their statuses. So do they get both? That, if that's pretty the case, darn juicy for a DK. That's what I was about to say. The DKs are storming back. They've got something yeah. to say to these Nightblades. That's the <laughs> yeah. case. A lot of good things happening for DK, I think. Um, so that seems pretty interesting. The Lightning Staff version, this is the one that currently gives you 10% to your AoE damage. Uh, week 1 of PTS, they changed that so that it uh, buffs your uh, dots and channeled attacks by 12% instead. So week three, they've changed it again. So now it's 12% to your direct damage in channeled attacks. So they've separated dots and channeled attacks, right? Dots are with fire yeah. staff. Channeled attacks are with lightning staff. Uh, and then fire staff also has the, uh, the status effects. And then lightning also has the direct damage. Templar beam gets a 12% boost. Yep, so does jabs. Yeah, the lightning um, staff, the Templar's still loving the lightning staff. That is the, just call that thing the Templar staff. Also still probably the, the staff of choice for the Arcanist. Yeah. Um, my uh, Necromancer, Despair, last time we talked I was thinking she can't use a lightning staff anymore, but now she'll be able to keep using it because her, her damage is all AoE, but it's also all direct damage. So basically actually getting buffed. Mm. So that's nice. Yeah. Nice. I think my Dragon Knight currently using a fire staff i think fire staff's going to be even better for my dragon knight so she'll keep yeah. using that um any ranged mag blades currently using a fire staff you'll probably need to switch to a lightning staff uh and sorks will almost certainly want to switch to a lightning staff which i doubt they're mad about that that'll you know fit that kind of power fantasy nicely. yeah i think it makes a little more sense for sorks to be on the lightning staff yeah yeah so it kind of works out pretty nicely 
I was worried that my DK was going to have to switch to a lightning staff, and I just that was going to feel so wrong. That doesn't but, make sense. Yeah. Um. So that all seems good. I mean, I don't really know if I see any real logic behind these changes, like why they really need to happen, other than just something's got to change just for the yeah. sake of changing things and making things more interesting. And in that regard, I'm I'm all for it. I, I like changing things up and kind of being, you know, th having reasons to think up new build ideas and stuff like that. Um, but otherwise, I don't see what we're really actually gaining, you know, by doing this versus what these passives currently do. Yeah, I mean, I, I just hope that it, it um, at least from a PvP standpoint, that it, it makes the... Um, we got to get some of these other staffs to, to compete with popularity-wise to the ice staff. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Uh, I don't know if this will do that, but uh, maybe it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it might. Yeah, that's basically all the uh, kind of skill changes stuff happening. And then the Merciless Charge, that's the Maelstrom two-hander. Um, if you remember week one, they changed it so that when you use critical charge, your two-handed abilities deal this uh, additional damage based on your weapon and spell damage. Uh, now they've changed it as of week three so that um, when you use critical charge, um, all of your direct damage is increased by 9.3% of either your weapon or spell damage, uh, but it caps at 560. And I think you'll hit that cap pretty easily. I think you can just kind of assume you'll be at that 560 cap pretty much always. Yeah. Um, but it's only direct damage, so like your light attack weaves and your spammable does not seem super strong to me. I've seen some people say they think it's going to be really strong. I could see like a rapid strikes as being your spammable. It just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem clean to me. Like that, like to to launch this as like to go live with this and it's like increase all your direct damage by nine point three percent. Like it's just like what? Like it's a it's an odd. Thing. It's a very yeah. strange thing, and I get they're trying to get to this right number, and I'm sure they're looking at data, but. I don't know. Something something tells me that that they're just they're, there's going to be there's got to be some sort of like kind of polishing to this thing. Um the 9.3% is a weird it's a weird Yeah, number. I don't even I don't even think of the 9.3%. I just think of the 560 cuz I think if you do the math there it's it's very easy to hit that 560. You're almost certainly going to be at that. Yeah. So, I think that's the number I just am looking at. But um yeah, since it's only direct damage, like things like Draugrkin and Dragon's Appetite and those sets, what make those good, what make those so good is that that extra damage is being applied by like every dot tick, every status effect, like every little thing. Mm -hmm. This only being direct damage makes it pretty limited. I just, I think I'm going to have to see it to believe it, for it to, for me to believe that it's actually like a really strong set, like I've heard some people say. The devs say that initial change they made um, discouraged you from using class abilities, so they wanted to make it so that you didn't feel so like uh, pigeonholed into using two-handed abilities. Some other small fixes uh, for like classes and different things, but nothing really worth mentioning. I did want to revisit this uh, new monster set, Colovian Highlands General. This is that one where uh, when you kill a player, you gain a stack of blood debt for 0.5 seconds, and then when that uh, expires, you and, a, you and up to five group members within 28 meters gain 15 ultimate per stack. Um, so I'm thinking of this as, like, I mean, it's awesome that your group members and everyone get the ultimate. That's great, but uh, I'm thinking of this just, like, selfishly. Like, if I'm just wanting ultimate for myself, uh, how much would I benefit from this? So we have the Fighter's Guild. Banish the Wicked passive. Uh, if you have a Fighter's Guild ability slotted like Camo Hunter, then you get three ultimate when you kill a player. If you have the, uh, the Assault Combat Frenzy passive unlocked, which you should, then you get uh, 20 ultimate when you kill a player. Um, so that's 23. On top of this uh, monster set, if you're wearing that, then that's 38 total ultimate that you get whenever you kill a player. Um, so just... A couple of build ideas here. I was thinking, um, like a Dragon Knight, if you wanted to be a Dragon Knight that like stays in permanent corrosive, um, I think you would need to kill about four people to to stay in corrosive. Like you'd need to f kill four people before your corrosive runs out. Just a hundred percent corrosive. To, to in order to cast it again, that's pretty doable, I think. Especially if if you're planning to live in corrosive, 
then that means you don't need any defensive investments in your build because you're basically invincible while you're in corrosive. Uh, you don't need any sustain investments. If you're casting this thing every 10 seconds as a Dragonite, it's a pretty expensive ultimate. Like, you're going to have very good sustain. Um, so just crank the damage. You know, just all damage. I'll even, and I know you're talking about kind of the singly, but what if you've got two, three, four Dragon Knights all wearing this? Oh, yeah, well, then we're, then we're going nuts. Yeah, <laughs> we're really doing well. Uh, but even for yourself, you know, like when you start thinking like, okay, I have to kill four people within 10 seconds. That sounds like maybe challenging, but if your build is just like 10,000 weapon damage yeah. and you're just invincible and corrosive, that's pretty doable, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would like to see something like that going on. I like that kind of build idea too, because it, it incentivizes being aggressive. You have to go for those kills. You have to be, you know, getting that ultimate. So it's, I don't know, it kind of rewards... Um, skill in a way it rewards being aggressive not being passive not not trying to just turtle up and stuff yeah i like that yeah i really like i really like this on the the sam sork the sam sork is like kill secure and i really like the idea of that as that sam sork is just securing all the kills on the team it's just feeding all oh. out to the rest of the team you're just like, you're just getting your overload back each time you're like your full yep, refund you're personally you've got overload continue to go and you're just feeding ult to the rest of the team out i really, I really you know like that's that really idea. interesting because then um what's nice about overload is you can use that offensively and as long as you don't go too low you can still go to the back bar and do like a resto ult or a barrier or something like that yep so that's nice if you have that thing and you're consistently getting kills and you'll just always have that defensive ult ready it's always there yep another build idea would be uh night blades using the soul harvest ultimate which is the other morph of end cap uh there isn't an, there is another morph <laughs> there's know. another one out there um and it gives you 40 ultimate whenever you kill an enemy so that's like almost 80 ultimate you know whenever you kill someone if, if you're wearing this monster set here uh, and the ultimate only costs 70 so that's a you get your full ultimate every time you kill someone, basically. Yeah, that's pretty wild. With with everything else you had listed out, yeah. Yeah. So just a couple of ideas there. I'm sure there's lots of other possibilities, but I think that's going to be a great monster set that's going to get a lot of use, a lot of different kinds of builds uh, possible with that. Okay, anything else to add to any PTS stuff, Davius? No, I'm I'm excited for that monster set. I think that's going to be. I think people are going to come up with some cool ideas for that one. Mm -hmm. Yep, I think so too. All right, well, let's take a very quick break, and then we'll be RB and talk about some PvP and some builds and some emails and some other stuff. And PvP land, of course, we've been playing a lot of BGs. I've had a I've actually had a pretty good time in a well, I've had a pretty good time in ESO the last couple of weeks. I've actually been home on workers' comp because I injured myself at work <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so I've just been at home, really not able to do a lot. It's it's okay. I'm I'm okay, and it's gonna be it's gonna heal up and no big deal. Uh, but I've had to kind of take it easy for a little while, and and luckily the injury doesn't prevent me from playing ESO or inhibit me in any way. Had to sharpen up on those BG skills. Yeah, it's kind of like I have no choice but to just chill at home and play a whole bunch of BGs for like two weeks straight. So, <laughs> forced to do it. Yeah, just nothing I can do. You Hands didn't even. Tired. You didn't even really want to. I hate it. <laughs> you know, I I'm not happy about. It. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I've just I've been playing a bunch of BGs for the past two weeks. We've been talking about lately, there's been a lot of really good players making their way back to the game. The BGs have been a lot sweatier lately than, than they had been before. Mm -hmm. uh, and those mm -hmm. players are still in there, man. And so I've just been like two weeks straight just kind of like going at these dudes. Uh, and they've, they've forced me to step my game up. And honestly, I got to say, if I, if I can just, you know, beep, beep, toot, toot my own horn for just a little bit. <laughs> toot away. I feel like I'm, toot away. I feel like I'm kind of at the top of my game right now just because I've, I've been... I've been practicing so much against such good players and I've been playing on my main old Betsy so much. And that I really feel so good about that build. Like the only limitation is me, like me, the player Betsy's there. She's, 
she's ready to go. Whatever heights we can reach, it, it's up to me to get us there. <laughs> so it's it's been nice, that whole kind of confluence of everything. I've been able, been able to play so much against really good players with a, a build that I feel really, really good about. And it's just kind of giving me this confidence. Like I'll, I'll load into a match. I'll look at the names. And it's it's names that like a month ago I would have felt really intimidated by. But like now today I'm like, all right, a challenge. Let's go. I'm ready. Ready to do it. It's not to say I come out on top every time. Certainly not. But I, I just kind of feel up to it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm just like sharp, ready to pounce. So yeah, that's how the BGs have been going for me. Uh, yeah. What about you, Davis? How the BGs been treating you, man? I mean, same thing. Just really sweaty. Uh, I am. I am. Uh, I wouldn't say I am tip top uh <laughs> peak form as 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 you are but uh, uh kind of like well, what you, you said a, you need to get a injury at work there we go just gotta injure myself throw myself something down some stairs or something yeah um, <laughs> uh no but uh i you know we were talking about this and in, in exactly what she said there's the pgs right now are pretty sweaty there's a lot of good players that that can uh that are in matches right now i've seen a lot of old names back and and what it's kind of really uh, what we've talked about is that we've really been kind of on our mains a lot more than we usually were. I, I feel like we usually bounce around to different tunes and different characters. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I, I characterize it as cowering back to my main. My, yes. Back to my main. Yes. I'll get in with my Sork, maybe have one or two good matches, but then I'll have a match like no, nope, Betsy. Yep. Betsy Time would to not go have let that happen. Uh, same thing for me. I will. I will hop right back. I mean, most of the matches I'm hopping in right now, I'm hopping in with Lord of Nords, my DK. And that's kind of the one that it's like, man, I, I'm comfortable with this one. I don't want to try a different tune right now. It's uh, uh, and even when, like you said, even when I hop in with other ones, I'll, you know, I'll have a, a fun match or two, and then I'll just kind of get curb stomped, and I'll kind of just the whole time I'm in it, I'll just think like, you know, if I was on, if I was on my Stam DK, this would have gone differently, or I could have handled that better, or I could have, you know, dealt with this situation. And it's a lot of fun, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of the safety net for me right now is is staying on my main yeah that's my my main is the only character i have that i feel like it doesn't matter what kind of team i end up with or who i'm going up against or anything like she has the tools for any and all possible scenarios i think that's what makes me feel so comfortable in that build like there's situations like i've bounced around to other tunes i've played a bit on my dk and my sork and my necromancer but for all of those there are situations where like Oh, I'm just ineffective here. No matter what I do, I'm going to be ineffective here. Uh, and that just does not happen with Betsy. No matter what, I, I have an option. I have a good thing that I can do that's going to help everybody be successful. So I'll talk about Betsy a little bit. I've been talking about her a lot lately because, you know, like you said, we've, we've both just been kind of maining <laughs> our mains for a while. That's that safety net. Um, I do think as a Templar in BGs right now, I, I advise using the cleanse. Uh, I find it to be very, very valuable. I think that's one thing when I do bounce to other characters, that's the thing I find myself very much missing uh, is having that cleanse. Because the, yeah. these builds, there's these really strong, uh, really popular dot builds that just load you up with a bunch of status effects and dots and all this stuff. It's like they'll hit you with one or two things and you're just melting. Yep. Uh, and it's so difficult to just climb out of that or to even go offensive at all. Like the moment you stop healing, you just die. Yep. Whereas on Betsy, I can one or two cleanses, it's all gone. And then I at least have a, a window of time where I can go offensive before they put all that crap back on me. So I think, I think I, uh, if you're a Templar, you need to have that cleanse going, uh, in my opinion, in BGs. Um, but yeah, she's been an absolute champion. Uh, the build is still Deadly Strikes as a double bar set, Wretched Vitality on the back bar with a bow, um, Black Rose dual maces on the on the front bar, perfected. Uh, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm, One Piece Magma. I've made a couple of small tweaks recently, so um, not long ago I started using the uh, Serpent Moonstone for some extra stamina recovery. Mm. Uh, and then just recently I added two Light Armor uh pieces so it's it's three light three medium one heavy now and the whole purpose of that is just so i can have a little bit better magicka sustain so i can spam heals a little more and be a bit more supportive um because that's ultimately you know betsy is built and specced as an offensive build but i i really do think of her and try to play her as a support it's just that support often takes the form of offense 
Sure. Uh, but it, it can be healing as well. Betsy covers all things. She's, she, can yeah. be, she can be whatever the team needs. Yeah, she, she really can. And actually, I have a story to tell that is a, a perfect example of that. So, uh, I don't know, it was like a week ago or so, I was playing some Bee Gees. And uh, I was just kind of queuing up again and again and again, just playing you know a whole bunch of Bee Gees. And uh, a friend of mine, a DK main, was uh, messaging me, and we were just kind of chatting back and forth in a friendly way in between matches. And uh, he was complaining. He was getting a little salty because he had a couple of bad matches. And he was complaining that he always gets bad teammates, and I keep getting lucky and keep getting good teammates. And uh, <laughs> I made a joke that was like, well, isn't that interesting that the team that I'm on is always the good team? Uh, that's, that's quite interesting. You know? <laughs> what, what's the consistency there? <laughs> yeah, what's the common theme there? Uh, well, of course, I was just making a joke, and we both just said LOL and went on. But uh, it wasn't just a joke, actually, uh, because just a little while later, I was in Discord, and I was playing BGs. Our good buddy, Uncle Sam, who's in the chat right now, uh, he was in there uh, talking to me and watching me play BGs, and I was telling him about this conversation that I was having with this dude. Uh, and I was like, here, right, here's a perfect example right in front of us and in, in front of our very eyes. Uh, I have a teammate that's about to die. I save his life. I kill the person that was attacking him. And then my teammate goes off and gets a kill of his own. His, his kill death ratio is literally better mm -hmm. because old Betsy is there making him better. Yep. You know, it's not me getting lucky, getting a good teammate. I'm, I'm elevating that teammate, making them better. Yeah, absolutely. Now. Granted, the, my friend that I was talking to is a, a Dragon Knight main, uh, and Dragon Knights do not have that same capability of supporting their team and, and pushing them through a situation like that. So I think, I don't know, that just got, kind of got me to thinking, you know, there's a lot of talk about how like overpowered Dragon Knights are and how Templars are really struggling right now and all of that stuff. And I think there's some truth to that, certainly. But here's a situation where I would say that me and my friend that I'm talking about here are about equally matched in a 1v1 situation. But he was having a pretty bad time in BGs on his DK, and I was having a pretty awesome time in BGs on my Templar. And it's because it didn't matter what teammates I got. I was going to drag them along, kicking and screaming no matter what. And he didn't have that option. You know, he, he was just going to be kind of the solo hero regardless. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's such a huge, huge thing that extra support that, that Betsy brings. I mean, like, like you just said, I mean, you, you keep a player alive that would be dead or like if you were a DK, that player, you know, your teammate would have been dead. There would have been nothing you could do, but you keep that player alive. Not only do you go and get the kill, but now that player you've kept alive, they're absorbing more hits. They're, they're taking more pressure off of you. Um, we've already talked a lot about your cleanse. I can tell you right now, I've told you this multiple times. I love running with Betsy right now. Um, on, on my DK, that's, that's a, that's a weak point for me is when I get loaded up with those dots, I don't have a way to cleanse it all off. I've kind of just got to spam my heels and try to kind of survive through it. Hope I get a leap off in time to kind of help me heal through it. But it's such a huge deal to have that cleanse for me. Like when I'm running with Betsy, I have my own cleanse now when I'm running with you and not to mention the heels thrown out while you're staying offensive, you're, you're keeping the teammates alive so they can take more hits. Uh, the damage is being equally spread. Uh, I mean, that's usually when matches turn is when one person goes down. Even if it's a good fight, if it's a 4v4, when one person goes down, that's when the match turns. So if you can keep those numbers more even and keep the damage kind of dispersed, it's it's such a huge, huge difference maker in a BG. Yeah, I think that's something you got to do. If you're playing a Templar in BGs, that's a, that's a strength of the class that you, you just got to take advantage of or or you're not <clears throat> you're not doing everything you can do to ensure your own success mm -hmm. like the healers or uh, templars they're healers at heart you know whether they're yeah. the best healers in the game or not that's a whole other conversation but it's uh it's something that they have a toolkit to do it's something that is kind of part of their identity and it's it's a big part of even like your selfish survival strategy or your selfish strategy for having success you know because you know, just like you're explaining just now, if you're keeping your teammates alive, you're watching their back, then they're going to be alive to watch your back when you need it also. So you can just kind of make sure that you never find yourself in an outnumbered situation um, or you can see it coming in, an, in enough ahead of time to get out of there before it's too late for you, you know? Yep, absolutely. So I don't know. I would just say any Templar mans out there that thinks they're thinking like, 
Templar's not doing so hot right now. Listen, I'm right there with you. We need some attention. I think we need some quality of life, really, more than anything. Uh, but there are strengths to lean on. And anyway, that's just my little motivational speech, I guess, there. Old Betsy's <laughs> doing well. That's, that's the summary right there. Old Betsy doing well. <laughs> Sam says, strengths to lean on the beam. Yes, that is true. I, <laughs> I refuse to use it on Betsy. But yeah, I think if you lean on those support aspects and kind of drag your team along with you and slot the beam, yes, you'll probably be very successful. Star Jumper, you got a couple of builds to talk about, man. What do you got? I got a couple going on. One, you know, as always, I got to keep the tradition alive. I got to talk about Lord of Nords, my Stam DK. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he just feels fantastic right now. Uh, you know, I was playing a match. We were doing some matches with me, you, and Sam. Uh, we were doing some BGs. I think we were doing solo queue, maybe. I can't even remember if we were teamed up or if we were just all hopping in solo queue. But um, as always, you know, we started talking through some theory craft, kind of going through some things. And, you know, nothing's, nothing's better when you can take a great build and you just add this little tiny tweak that just kind of takes it up just a couple twists. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of talking through on, on this build. It, you know, I haven't changed it in a while. And, and part of that build was, was three agility pieces. And so yep. that sets up really well with the Oaken setup, uh, the Oaken Soul setup to potentially swap out those agility pieces for the uh, Black Rose Pit Prison dual wield, uh, and then just kind of throw on another piece. And so we kind of started talking about that, about what that would potentially look like. You know us, you know I went straight to the the build editor, kind of started plugging in, looking at the numbers, um, and it's it's it was just just enough better. Um, it actually took the damage up just by a hair, but the biggest piece to that is the 6% damage reduction adding to, so damage went up a little bit, but then on top of kind of how tanky he is, he's a brawler, he's always up in the middle of the fight, adding 6% damage reduction to everything that he's got going on uh, just sounded great. So went out, did it, you know, got the, already had uh, farmed uh, the Black Rose Prison dual wield a long time ago, so I already had the maces, I was able to recreate them. Threw it on the build. It has been a a perfect cherry on top for this build. Uh, just a little bit tankier. Uh, damage is just a hair higher, but it's it's fantastic. Uh, allows me to be kind of just as brawly as ever. Um, you know, I, I love Lord of Nords. I like tagging him as kind of that brawler support build. He will be up front in the fight. He will be the one to take the hits. Uh, he's going to take the more hits than anybody else on the team where he's at. Um, sure. And it's it's just it's just working great. And you already had the quick cloak on the build anyway. Already used quick cloak cra- crazy, uh, and so it it worked out really well. Didn't have to change the way I played the build at all. It was just kind of plug and go. Uh, just kind of reminder now: the build is just that fire five piece coral riptide, um, and then the black rose prison dual wield, two maces. I have one nern honed, one decisive, uh, and then uh, two piece blood spawn, uh, and then. Kind of just to just to kind of make it all work, I do have one piece trainee, and then I have also one piece Druid's Braid, uh, and then the Oaken Soul. Uh, the bar setup has stayed the exact same. I do the Noxious Breath for my spammable, uh, Molten Whip, uh, Deep Breath, Quick Cloak, Coag for the heal, and then Leap for the ult. It is a perfect, uh, sweet little spot for a build. It is such a, a great just brawler build. I can be right in the middle of the fight, and even if things start going south, uh, probably my, one of my favorite things about this build is even if things go bad, it's a upfront brawler build, but I can still get out of the situations. There's so many times where, you know, if my team's going down, I'm the last one there, I'm getting outnumbered, I can throw a leap on the team and then still have enough tankiness to get out of there. Um, it, it's it's a really, really fun build, and it's, it's, it's doing great right now. It's kind of my safety net to hop in BGs, uh, especially if there's some tough ones that we're getting into. Or if we're grouping up and we know that there's some pretty good players on, this is definitely my go-to build of, I'm going to hop on this one because this is the one I trust the most by far right now. The uh, the Black Rose Dual Wield is, I think, my favorite arena weapon. It's perfectly balanced, right? It's, it's, not, it's not too much. It's not too OP. It's just kind of a nice sweet spot of balance. Yeah, and it doesn't really require you... Like all you do, you you cast Blade Cloak. It's a long lasting buff. You don't. Mm-hmm. It's like mindless. You know, you just yeah. forget about it. It's like okay, I'm doing more damage and taking less damage now. Sweet. You know. Yep. <laughs> it's just, just kind of nice and easy, not overpowered. It's it's perfect. Yeah, 
And so it's worked out really well. That build is is doing as as good as it's ever done. So it's and and in just like you said, the fact that I was already using Quick Cloak, and so I haven't changed the way I play at all. And it's just kind of now that extra buff on top. It's been a very very great change. Nice, dude. Okay, what about this Nightblade? Yeah, now? there you've been waiting for it. So now <laughs> now the other build I got to talk about is I did it. I finally did it. I don't know how many years I've been playing. A lot of years. And I officially have made my first Nightblade. I finally did it. Uh, now the character, my Nightblade character, super old. Had this character for years. But this was by werewolf character. I made a Nightblade just to utilize the character as a werewolf. Never played it as a Nightblade. Never did anything as a Nightblade. Only used it as a werewolf. You know, we've been talking about a lot about Nightblades, how good they're doing. And so I thought, all right, it's time it's time for me to put a Nightblade together. Uh, I kind of uh, put the character together, you know, made an Oaken build, kind of usually what I do. Wanted to make a Brawler build. Uh, Gift of the Rift is the character's name. It's one of my more favorite character names uh, that I have out there. But um, He's full of himself. Oh, he's so full of himself, and 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 he's a night blade that ain't about that uh, going invisible thing. That's not his cup of tea. Uh, definitely a a brawler blade for sure. Um, but kind of threw a build together and kind of tested it. Uh, initial test didn't go so well, but you know we were kind of talking through things. Uh, you have a stand blade and a and a mag blade, uh, and you gave me some pretty good advice and. Uh, made some changes. It worked really well. Just kind of an overview of what the build is. It's five-piece Ravager, and then two-piece Celestrix, the monster set, uh, three-piece Agility, and then the Oaken Soul. And then the bar setup I use is uh, Concealed Weapon, uh, Refreshing Path, Caltrops. And that Caltrops is key for that Ravager. Basically, I throw Caltrops out there, and that's what just starts ramping up that Ravager. Uh, Merciless Resolve, uh, Shrewd Offering for the heal, and then the ult I use Incap. Uh, seven well fitted, and then uh, I do five heavy, two medium, uh, two bloodthirsty on the jewelry. Both of those have damage glyph, and then I use one infused with a recovery glyph. Uh, and then I do sugar skulls for the food, and then the uh, Atronach Mundus. And really, when I first when I first put this build together, I was really going all stamina, a stam blade, really putting it together. And it was so-so. I wasn't super happy with the results. And I kind of started talking to you. And you were kind of the one that enlightened me. You were like, listen, Stamblade's not it. Magblade is the way to go right now. And you kind of talked me into the concealed weapon and how big a difference that would be. Uh, and then we kind of started talking through things. And, and man, once you talked me into switching this over to, and to a Magblade that plays like a Stamblade, I mean, just night and day difference. It's like yeah, there's not a lot of difference, like in yeah. what, like kind of the play styles. It's it still plays the exact same. It's still a brawler blade. It's still up front, you know, and uh, right at the fight, you know, getting in people's faces. But it made a night and day difference. I mean, the results completely shifted. It's actually been really fun. I mean, learning Nightblade. Like I, I, I'm still, you know, kind of getting comfortable with the class. We were kind of making some jokes. I haven't really ever dove too deep into the Nightblade class, like, you know, with this being my first character. Their, their toolkit is ridiculous. There's, there's it's so, outrageous. <laughs> there's so, so many, <laughs> there's so many abilities that you'll look and be like, all right, here's, here's this Nightblade ability. Like, let me read Here, through and this. And here's three paragraphs of yeah. text. <laughs> and it's like every single one, you're like, what's this paragraph down at the bottom? Oh, that's just an extra passive that they have. Like, does it have yeah. anything to do with that ability? No, not really. But no. it's a great, it's a great passive that goes along as long as you have that ability on the bar. Um, just yeah. wild. There's so many things. Um, and it's, it's been a really fun build. The, uh, the refreshing path with the concealed weapon, mm -hmm. pretty good, hot, uh, pretty good numbers on the hot, uh, shrewd offerings, a ridiculous seal. It's really fun that I can use that on myself or on the teammates. So like cross healing's pretty great on it. And then the, with the minor and major expedition, this character is speedy. Like he's he, so speedy. He's got some speed. It's pretty ridiculous. Without really investing in it all no. that much, you know, like just just path and the, the the concealed weapon, and it's he's he's a speedy character. He runs people down. Um, originally, I threw Celestrix on there just because that's kind of the set that I had available, um, and my plan was to eventually kind of farm another set of Baylorg. But I think I think I'm gonna stick with Celestrix. I've really liked it, you know, with with the way this this build works. You know, I run into the fight, throw Caltrops down. So the enemies just see already seeing this giant red circle. 
and so the hit percentage of that Celestrix has been really, really high. And it's pretty great. It's an AoE. It stuns everybody. Um, and it's extra damage. And so I really, really like how Celestrix has already performed. And so I think I'm going to stick with it. It hides in the Caltrops there. So people probably don't even know they're standing in it most of the time. And it's not very uh, obvious anyway. Yes. Even when it's all on its own. Exactly. And so with the Celestrix and the Caltrops, you know, we kind of talked about this. It's pretty good CC for for being in there in the brawling and, and, you know, being right in there. And it's kind of CC that I don't really have to worry about. I'll throw Caltrops out there. The Celestrix, Celestrix is taking care of itself. And so... You have a pretty hard-hitting, solid combo. You have uh, group support, like you can actually heal people. You have a lot of yep. crowd control. Yep. Um, you know, it's just kind of all, it's, everything's there. Yeah, I, and that's my thing, is I really, really like it. It's kind of another brawler build that that is uh, very adaptable to the team. I can go real heavy with the, sh- I mean, the Shrewd Offering heal is just... But you're mobile too, just so you insane. can hit and yep. run if you need to do that too. Very speedy. I love the refreshing path. Not only does that make me speedy, but it's also given the minor endurance, minor intellect to everybody in the path. So it's it's mm-hmm. and it's given the major expedition. So it's given other yeah. players on the team. So pretty decent, hot, great ability. Yeah, like Sam says here, Necker class ability does one function. Nightblade class <laughs> ability, Swiss Army knife functions. Yeah, it's true. Man, it. Absolutely true, Sam. It's there's so many Nightblades abilities that I was reading, and it's like I look down there and I'm like, what's this extra extra paragraph about? I mean, probably my 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 favorite example of it that I really stumbled across that is just NCAP. I'm looking at NCAP and I'm like, man, 70 alt, really low cost alt, crazy amount of damage. You know, uh it it, it if you stuns ca- people, you can make it where it stuns, and I keep reading, and then it's like, oh, by the way, when you have this slotted you get extra sustain from it too. And it's just like, what? Like, why does this keep going? Like, it's so unnecessary, but just so many just little fantastic extra passives uh, fit into their abilities. It's, it's Like really Garion says, thankfully we'll be getting some more Nightblade buffs soon. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. There's going to be more buffs. Uh, it's, it's um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a really fun build. I really, you know, like you said, I really like how team oriented it is you know it can do pretty good heals good cc pretty good damage um you know brawl run yeah, it can tight, be it can yeah, be brawl it can be you know can be tanky if it need to be the seven well fitted you know i can be kind of rolly uh and the speed on it is very quick it can get out of things very quickly um so i've, I've had a lot of fun with it uh it's been a really it seemed fun like you were build. having quite a bit of fun last it's, night we were it, doing some duos and it was fun it was pretty cool. Not a pretty fun little build. Uh, and very, very, very simple. I mean, really, your damage is the concealed weapon. You know, when you get those Merciless Resolve stacks, you kind of just really, to kind of finish people off, just make sure you get the Assassin's Will with the end cap. I'm sure all Nightblades out there are saying, yes, of course, like that's Nightblade 101, but you just kind yeah, of... Yeah, that's easier. That's, the hard, that's yeah. the hard part, though. As you go up against... You know, more and more experienced players like getting the end cap, then the assassins will. Yep. It, it's like a lot 10% of dodges. of the time you'll actually land it. Yeah, a lot of dodges <laughs> helping out there. But that's you know, I'll go back to the. That's a really nice thing about throwing the caltrops and the celestrix hitting is that most of the time when that celestrix hits that stun, that's where I'll unload both those because they're stunned mm-hmm. right there in front of me, and so I can kind of just unload both, finish off the kill, and then kind of move on. So yeah, uh, very fun build. I you know, it, it's a fun if you're. If you haven't done a whole lot of Nightblade, I highly recommend it. It's a fun little Nightblade brawler build. Amazing class, dude. They're just that's ridiculous. why we keep just like scratching our heads, like guys, why do we keep <laughs> giving attention to Nightblade? Like enough already. <laughs> like it's an incredible class. Yeah. I haven't played on mine in a while. I need to jump on Catface again here pretty soon. <laughs> Sam, Sam's Sam's fighting for the Necros out there. 28-0 Battleground, Uncle Sam on his Necro. Slavko's on his team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Carried by Slavka. <laughs> You'll carry by Slavka. Slavka went 22-3. and three. Let's, uh, nasty, nasty little duo there. Oof, yeah. We have some emails to read. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Um, every week, Davius is going to pick out uh, a lucky emailer, and we're going to give them a gold prize uh, as long as they're on the PCNA server. If you're not on the PCNA <laughs> server, 
you get nothing. It gets a little trickier to give you the gold prize. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a 250k gold prize this week. Nice. Um, so first email comes from our good buddy, Pelinal Whitestrake. Pelinal says, Greetings, scrollers. A dev recently announced the upcoming edition of class-specific item sets. What form do you expect or hope these sets will take? Will they provide buffs to active skills, a la arena weapons, buffs to passive skills, or perhaps entirely new passive bonuses? What will be the impact on the meta? Will they be balanced to, uh, to close some of the gaps between classes, or are we going to see 50k spectral bows? <laughs> do you expect Zenimax to continue to introduce more arena weapons, doing another pass through the skill lines, or perhaps buffing ultimates? Or do the class sets signal the end of arena weapons for the foreseeable future? Um, all right. It's a lot. It's a, it's a, there's a lot in there. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot in there. And it's, it's all, it's just wild conjecture is all that's even possible <laughs> right now. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, anyone listening, if you're not aware, there was a, a quote unquote leak. I don't even know if we can call it a leak. Um, that in Q4 with this endless dungeon thing, there's apparently going to be class specific item sets. Pelinal's just asking, what do we think these things are going to be like? And the answer is, we have no clue. No Absolutely idea. <laughs> no idea. Uh, GrizzlyCon says he expects it to be basically be arena weapons, but for class skills. I could see that. That's yep. one of the things I thought of as a, as that a thing to respond here. Is yep. This could actually just be weapons. Otherwise, I think it would probably be something besides a five-piece set. Probably not going to be five-piece sets. Maybe like two or three-piece sets. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if it was a five-piece set. I actually also would be very surprised if they're going to come out and be very overpowered, I guess. Just in the sense that like, I feel like Zoss isn't going to want to make these sets. Like, I don't, I don't think that they're going to want to make a set that every single Templar has to use this set. Like, that just doesn't strike me as something they're going to want to do. I think that's the huge difference between these and an arena weapon is an arena weapon any class can use. Like, that's just, that's the way you can do it. If you come out and make crazy overpowered class specific sets then you're basically just setting up a meta where every class is having to use these sets so yeah you don't really have a choice with your with your yes. build there i i think that they will be good or maybe they'll make maybe they'll have like a very pve maybe make sense focus but i i would be pretty surprised if these come out and they're just crazy op for for specific classes i just don't think zoss is going to want every single class to have one set that they're using I think Garion's got it here in the chat. Templar class skill arena weapon. Decreased jabs and power of the light damage by 50%. <laughs> Beam damage increased by 50%. Sounds about right. They already made Night that change. <laughs> <laughs> Nightblade class skill arena weapon. Increase all, increase all class skill crit damage by 100%. It can bypass the crit cap. Uh, DK arena weapon. Corrosive cost is now free. Whip stacks remain at three at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that sounds sense. about right. That makes sense. Notice, no, there is no necromancer set. They're they're actually not getting one. <laughs> the one class not getting one. Uh, um, yeah, I think it, there's a good chance it could be weapons, or maybe kind of like a sort of a maybe even a one piece. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like the wild pie in the sky idea. It would be cool if there was something that kind of effectively reskinned the whole the whole class like you're a you're a frost blade now or mm. you know something like that um like something that almost like changes that. an entire skill tree or something yeah yeah it has like a like a an effect throughout the whole class um but i doubt it's anything like that that seems like too much i bet it's just an arena weapon specifically for classes yeah grizzly's I, totally right yeah i can absolutely see that I, I think that's what makes the most sense i think that's going to be the easiest for them to balance uh i think it's a a dangerous road for them to go down if if one class's uh, weapon is or one glass's set is you know tremendously better than the others i think that's that's going to have some pretty quick uh feedback on the forums so yeah. I, I think they'll be careful about this, but I do think it's a cool idea. Um, if there's, you know, if they, if they do, if it is arena style weapon and it's like one ability and that's, you play a class and that's an ability you really like. Um, I think that's kind of a cool opportunity that maybe, it, you know, can reward you for, for using an ability. I mean, 
The Templar one has to be Jabs, right? If it does come out as a class arena weapon, it's got to be Jabs, right? They can't not do Jabs. Like, it, you know, every class has got those go-to abilities, but Templar Jabs just seems like that makes too much sense. Yeah, maybe that's why they nerfed it so much, to highly incentivize yeah. you to use this the, thing to make it the, good again. The Templar, the Templar set's going to give you that fourth jab back. Yeah. <laughs> Gives you the fourth jab back. Gives you the old animation yeah, and, and the, the fourth and, jab back. And the old animation. Uh, uh, that would be hilarious. Oh, uh, my God. They, they'd win you over. You'd be like, all right, I got to think about this. It thing. just turns you back into the old Templar that you, you used to love. Uh, that's good. Uh, Pelino also asks, uh, what are your favorite pizza toppings? Uh, I'm going to speak for both of us. Pepperoni. Pepperoni is the way to go. Listen, pepperoni is the best pizza. You can do a cheese if you really want to, but pepperoni is the way to go. We've both, we, we, listen, we've worked together. We've ordered and eaten pizza. We have, we have shared and, and, and eaten the pizza together. Pepperoni is the only way to go. If you say something else, you're potentially. Sometimes. You might want to switch it up just to have some variety, sure. But pepperoni is the best pizza. Duh. Pepperonis. That's that's pizza. Listen, that's that's, that's what pizza is. That's what pizza is, a pepperoni pizza. Yeah. What do the Ninja Turtles always get? Pepperoni pizza. And I would say, like, you know, there for a little while, it, there were, it was like kind of this fad of these sort of like pseudo fancy pizza places popping up all throughout the city. And they're... Their whole thing was like they'd put interesting toppings on the pizza. Mm. You would have like sriracha and mango or what the heck ever. I, you know. I actually know where you're going with this, and we are in 100% agreement on this. Yeah. And these places would, some of these would be very, very popular, and you'd hear people talk all about how great the pizza is there. But their whole shtick is those, those toppings. And if you go there and just order a cheese pizza or a pepperoni pizza, very mediocre. Okay. Like yeah. the, not the good actual at all. like foundation of the pizza is not that anything interesting you know and to me like if you can't deliver a banging pepperoni pizza this is no pizza establishment i'm out of here listen if you want to go to a pizza establishment and really measure how good their pizza is you go in order their pepperoni that's going to tell you all you need to know that's all i need to know now gary and saying ham bacon pepperoni chopped garlic spicy peppers that does sound pretty good that sounds good that you know you know there's other you can you can dabble in the others but the old classic the old go-to you're always coming back to that pep. That, that slice of that pep. Yeah. Your brother in Akatosh, Pelinal White Strake. Thanks for writing in, Pelinal. Next email comes from Nick. Nick says, Hey, Ket and Davius, found the podcast a few weeks ago and I've been working through it since. I'm v- very casual, aka bad at PvP, <laughs> but looking to dip deeper into it. Uh, I've been playing on and off since Morrowind and a lot more consistently lately, mostly in trial groups and solo arenas. Uh, right now, I'm between leveling a Sork to make a Stam Sork or a Warden for a Bowden. Uh, Davies's Bow Brawler build also sounds like a lot of fun. A question for the podcast. If you were to play a PvP match where everyone had no weapons, no armor, you could only choose race, class, and use class abilities, what combo would come out on top? So we're doing a BG, okay. everyone's naked, class sure. abilities only. So is this just like what specific character or what specific team's coming out on top? Yeah, I'm guessing like just what classes would perform the best or maybe team comp. I, I don't t- know if it would be much different than the current situation. I feel like war- you're definitely you're going to have to have a warden mandatory on the team. I, I feel like that they're like the, the, the DK or the Nightblade just because they're alt abilities. like. Mm-hmm. Are are so much damage? Like I could see, I could see it being difficult to get kills in this situation. But I don't know. You know, maybe with not wearing anything, it would be easy to get kills. But I feel like that even with no gear, it'd be tough to live through a through an end cap when you've got no gear on yourself. And and I could see it being difficult to to do any damage to get a kill off. But I think you're right. Like I think kind of the meta classes would be pretty good. Uh, People are going to be so squishy. I think I think Sorks would rip it up having that range. Yeah. You know, like I think Sorks could do really, really well. Shout out Uncle Sam. I think Necros would be total trash. I don't want <laughs> I don't want the Necro on my team at all. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean Warden for sure. I feel like any team without a Warden just automatically loses. 
Uh, I feel like Sork. I feel like a Warden and a Sork are probably going to be two mandatory things on your team there. Because everyone's like going to be so squishy that Sork is going to yeah. just snatch everything. I feel like if you have a Warden on your team, you might not be able to eat. They might not be able to kill you. Maybe not. Sustain's going to be a real factor in that scenario, though. So you might just be able to kind of sustain people out and then yeah, do something true. there. That, that would true. be fun. It'd be a fun scenario. It would be. It would be. A, it would be a fun scenario to play out for sure. Probably just two wardens, two sorks is what I'm going to say. Yeah, would be the best. Um. Anyway, Nick says, anyway, thanks for everything. Really enjoying the show and being able to think about ESO and theorycraft while I'm at work. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for writing, Nick. Great to hear from you, man. Really nice email. The old theorycrafting at work. It's a great, that's a great one. That's what I do at work. It's like 80% of my work time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Davius, pick a winner. You know, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for for when new people find us. So I've got to go Nick on this one. You know, I'm a sucker okay. for for stroking you know, he our just, egos. He's just found the pod. You know, he says he's working through it. So you think he's starting from? He's going one to one oh seven. You think? You think he's hitting the whole way? I I certainly hope not. Those early episodes are kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Nick, start it. Start it like maybe like thirty something. Maybe be, be pretty good. Oh man. <laughs> You know, everybody's got to come from somewhere. Everybody comes from somewhere. Yeah. No. Hey, that's, that's exactly what I told myself back then. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to accept that it's going to suck at first. Everyone sucks at first, and we're just going to keep doing it until it doesn't suck. And we're still, we're going to get there someday. There we go. I think some of my first, ep- I think there's some episodes from, from early ones where I was on where it's like, I may have said four words the whole episode. <laughs> okay, so Nick wins. Nick, uh, he was recently... Added to the Stoons goon, so I know he's on PCNA. So he's a goon. Fifty k coming your way. Yep, that's right. He's in the Discord. He's in the guild. Uh, speaking of which, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game, and it also happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server. And it's also the official guild of the Scrolling Podcast. If you'd like to be a member, you can uh, email us at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll send you an invite. Um, If your guild roster is full or if you're on a different platform, then uh, that's okay. You can come join the Discord. Uh, That's where most of the action is happening anyway. Most of our discussions and memes and, you know, you name it is pretty much happening in the Discord and any and everyone's welcome. So um, scrollandpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. If you'd like to support the show, one uh, quick and easy thing you can do is go to the Apple Podcast app and give us a star rating and especially a review. Uh, if you'd like to go further than that and help us in a bigger way, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and receive Stoons Boon for $3 a month. Uh, that gives you various benefits, including access to the Booncast, which is a, a shorter podcast that I do on the off week, so you get something every week. And of course, the greatest gift of all is just knowing that you're helping the show and helping us keep this thing going. So that is patreon.com slash podcast. If you don't want to do Patreon or you can't do Patreon right now, then just come join the Discord. That doesn't cost anything, and we have one of the best communities on the internet. We'd love to have you. Everyone's welcome. Uh, scrollandpodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to the chat. We have uh, Grizzly Khan, Uncle Sam, Garion. I think that's it. Thank you guys very much for joining us. Also, shout out to CPU Scientist, Morty, Uncle Sam, Slavka, Mother of Dragons, Exolion, Brandon. Uh, we've all just been playing together a whole lot lately. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, really great group of goons there. Uh, shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs. Thank you guys so much for being around for so long and being our friends. And uh, shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters, Port Body, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas, Taggart, and Mother of Dragons. Thank you guys so much. Davius, anything else? I think that's everything. I think we covered it all. I feel like I've been talking forever. Thank you guys very much for <laughs> listening, and we'll see you next time.
You're sent back into combat in medieval times. You get to go with class abilities from ESO class. I mean, it's it's easy choice. I mean, a, a DK Nord just leaping like crazy. Just just give me that leap. Always the answer to my question. Which is kind of funny because uh, originally, originally I was very much a Templar main. Templar was my go-to. I loved Templar. That was my class. That was what I played PvE back when we did dungeon runs. But ever since Lord of Nords was made, DKs have won me over. Yeah, That's, I was a Nightblade main at mm-hmm. first and then became a Templar main. That, uh, that very first leap, you know, as soon as I did, it was just uh, magic. It was magical. Everybody remembers their first leap, right? <laughs> Answer, you're sent back into combat in medieval times. You get to go with class abilities from an ESO class. What did you choose and why? Okay. I, I'd probably be a Nightblade. I think, like, in, in sneaky, act, the actual, sneaky. like, role... In actual, like, role-play things, I like to be kind of sneaky assassin. I like to kind of, you know, hide in the shadows and that kind of fantasy. It's it's fun. It's funny that in, in PvP, I'm a Templar main, um, but, like, when it comes to role-play stuff, I, re- I really don't like the kind of paladin kind of fantasy, <laughs> really. Nobody has to take pots. Nobody has to take pots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ain't no detect pots in medieval times. 